if this is you and you are looking for a different, creative, fulfilling, empowering option as your next career move where you can take literally 100% of your HR experience and apply every single bit of that into something new, coaching is it for you. It is the best solution for how you can repurpose your expertise. Welcome back to another episode of A Tall Glass of Sass. It's me, Molly. So, you know, have you ever been in those moments where you reflect and you just, I don't know, reminisce? I am there today. I have been sending some voice notes back and forth with a good friend of mine, a former colleague. We used to work together. And um, I was just talking to her about <laughs> when we would work together because we, we were HR colleagues. And I said to her, like, how did I not know that I was going to become a coach? Like, all of the signs pointed to that. <laughs> what was I thinking? So today's episode is a nostalgic, reminiscing, reflection episode. And maybe, just maybe, this may resonate with you as well. Quick break before we get back to the episode. Have you ever wondered what the first steps are in building your coaching program? Let me tell you, that is one of the most commonly asked questions that I receive from fellow HR professionals and other leaders who are looking to launch their career and or leadership coaching business. Now, I am so excited to share that with these commonly asked questions, I have been able to take your questions and build a really awesome program in which I call Coach Catalyst. In this program, This is all of the Business 101 fundamentals that you need to take your experience as an HR professional and start your own coaching business. If this is something that you've been looking for, just kind of the roadmap, the step-by-step, fundamental, simple 101 steps, I got you covered. Of course, I want to make sure that this makes sense for you and this is exactly what you need and something that I can help you with. So I invite you to hop on a complimentary clarity call where we can get to know each other better and to share more about this program and how it can help you to accelerate your coaching business in ways that you could never imagine. Talk to you soon. Back to the episode. As I continue to build on my business and as I continue to refine how I want to help people and what that looks like, I have come to a realization that I absolutely love helping my fellow HR colleagues. So... One of the things that if you guys 
have been following me, you guys should probably see, I am now helping. Now, well, not now. I've been. I've been a business coach, but really now focusing in on working specifically with HR professionals to launch their own career and leadership coaching business. I've got to a place in my thriving, successful business that I just feel like, okay, if I could have gone back in time, what would I have needed to know, wanted to know, that would have helped to expedite this process significantly? So part of this episode is fueled by my desire to support my fellow HR colleagues. Now, going back, I mean like all the way back, I decided that I wanted to be in HR because law school wasn't going to happen, okay? It wasn't going to happen for me. So I decided, yes, indeed, I'm going to do the thing that's closest to law, and that thing is HR. I mean, right? Like, if you're, when you want to talk about making sure that people are compliant, following the rules, all of that stuff, HR is the closest thing to it in a business sense. So... As I was working and navigating my HR career, one thing that I figured out was that I was really good at employee relations, but I did not like it, even though I was really good at it. I'm one of those people where like, if I don't like something, but it's a part of my job or a part of my responsibilities, I'm going to learn how to do said task and do it well. I don't do many things in life half-ass. I don't like being mediocre. One thing that I tell my husband all the time is I tell him, I'm like, you and my oldest, I, I dub them Mr. and Junior Minimum because they just kind of do the minimum. That's just how they are. I am not. I am... The <laughs> I am an overachiever, y'all. I'm not a perfectionist, though. I will tell you that. That's the good thing about me. And no shade to those of you who are perfectionists. But I don't struggle with perfectionism. I struggle with overachieving. I always do more. And, um, it, you know, again, with all with all things, it's good and bad. Anyway, employee relations and being involved in any kind of investigation where I had to take the lead or be a part of the um, process really ate me up. It was not healthy for me, y'all. I mean, like real talk. I was telling my friend that every single time I would go into an investigation as an HR director, and I had to guide my HR business partner through things and be a part of the conversation with said employee, with my HRBP as my witness and the person who was documenting everything. As soon as we finished said investigation, I kid you not, 
I felt like I shaved off seven years of my life. And every single time I had to handle an employee relation concern, it was just the most emotionally and mentally draining thing about my job. Little did I know, in looking back, how I held myself, conducted those meetings and conversations were all just coaching sessions. Like I'll say, I would like, I remember some of the things that I would say, like the prompts. And I, I would first, with the employee, sit down with him or her, and I would say, okay, so we received information in regards to this specific situation. However, I would like to give you an opportunity to tell me through your perspective what happened. And then I would just listen. I would just be an active listener and just give them my undivided attention. And then once we were done, once he or she was done telling us the story, I would then, in a very tactful way, share the other perspective of, you know, manager or whoever that, you know, filed the um, the complaint and wanted us to do the investigation, I would share their perspective. And then I would, I would, I would ask, I would say, okay, so let me just do a quick temp check. How are you feeling about this stuff? How are you feeling about the information that was shared to us? And again, give them that really protected time to just vent, share, talk, digest, whatever, without any kind of interruption, I would just be, again, an active listener. And so we would go through these conversations and at the end of it all, I would say to them, the employee, I would say, okay, so this is what we've come to an agreement with. You are going to do better here, here, here. What do you think? When do you think is an appropriate time for your manager and us as HR to do a check-in to see how you're doing with your performance. And I would give them that empowerment to decide what the next steps were. And I would even have some people say, yeah, you know, if, if I'm, you know, I don't know, if it was an attendance issue. And, you know, they would say, I had someone per actually say, yeah, the next time if I don't follow the protocols for call-in and I don't provide documentation, I think at that point, then yes, you guys can let me go. And then I would look at my HRBP or HRG and I would nod and I would say, okay, did you hear what the employee said? Please make a note of that. And it was just me helping this employee and manager, right, to come to an understanding of what was happening without negating either of their experiences and the realities that they they felt. And I led all of the employee relations investigations and conversations through strong, thought-provoking questions. 
that's what I did. And so it was like, um, <laughs> hello, Molly. You should have known that you were meant to be a coach. But at that point, it was just me feeling like I I wanted for them to help guide the conversation. This was not, I, I was never an HR leader or leader for that matter or person for that matter who would like tell them how they should feel or tell them what they should be doing. I would, of course, pinpoint specific policies and procedures and, and, and SOPs. But at the end of the day, what is the point of me talking at the employee or even talking at the manager? It is much more productive when you have engagement, participation, active participation from the people in your conversation because then they're the ones making the commitment to themselves that these were the actions that they were going to take. And for the most part, we had really solid results because of it. So that's one example of how, as I reflect back on my 20 years in HR, that I, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known that I was made to be a coach and that I was going to be a really good one at that. The second time in my HR career as a sign that I should have known that I was going to be um, in this coaching space and launching my coaching business was when I had the moment, and this is a, this is a milestone, one of my colleagues, he had, um, I don't remember how I got over to his cubicle. He had asked a question or something and, and I had hopped over. And at that time, I was the uh, TA leader and I worked directly, I was reporting and working directly with the co-presidents of the organization. And so definitely higher up in the food chain for sure when you report directly up to them. And I was having this conversation with him in his cubicle about something. And he had said, you know, Molly, your knowledge and your expertise and your energy and your optimism and your pizzazz, if you could just bottle that up and sell it like juice, I would pay for it. And and that was that moment. I was like, what? Okay. And, and let me just explain a little bit more. It was like, it was him just asking questions and me, again, giving him that active listening ear of what's your question? How can I best help you and be in service to you? And then just letting him feel seen and heard and giving him any tips and advice that I could to help him solve his problem. And so that right there, again, I should have known. I was like, oh, okay, like that's cool. And that really was the moment, the pivotal moment in which it really birthed this, uh, really lit the fire under my ass to start my business. The third time in my HR career that I, again, should have known that I was meant to be a coach was specifically when I was having one-on-one meetings with my team members. And I would spend, so we would have, and depending on like what they would want, some some of my team members wanted weekly touch bases. Some of them wanted every other week touch bases. But we never went longer than every other week. So it was to a point where it was like, I was having regular one-on-one meetings with my team members 
plus team uh, meetings just to make sure that they were feeling supported. And I had a fantastic, now let me pay dues where it's owed. I had a fantastic manager. She was one of the best leaders that I had the privilege of working with. And she even told me, she's like, your job is really to support this team. Your job is not to do the work. Your job is to understand what they need and advocate for them. And so I had, I didn't have a lot of doing. I felt like at that point in my career, it was the perfect job for me. I had work-life balance. I felt appreciated. I felt a huge sense of autonomy and empowerment to lead and inspire my team and drive change in the way that I felt was necessary without all of the bureaucracy and all of the red tape. I didn't have to deal with any of that. And so it really was a, a, a really positive part of my, my career. But it was when I was having these one-on-one meetings with my team members that I would find myself actually encouraging them to quit their jobs and offering support to them to job search externally. Now, I mean, like, I know what y'all thinking. As a fellow HR professional, you're like, what the hell, Molly? How can you be encouraging people to leave the organization? HR's job, a, a pillar of what HR is measured on for effectiveness is retention. Why would you in, increase your turnover rate and encourage your team members to leave? And I got to a point in my career where I was just like, look, I don't think that that my loyalty should be tied to, to any organization. If anything, as a solid leader, my loyalty is tied to my team members as an individual, which is the most important thing, not as a air quote in, or as a subordinate of my team. That that's not how I led. That was not and still isn't my leadership style. My my leadership style was very much, a, okay, where do you want to go? Where do you see your career moving forward? What about in the next six months? What opportunities do you want for growth and for challenge so that you can learn new skills? What's some soft skills that you want to uh, beef up? What can I do as a leader to support you on this? And if if my team member told me that they wanted to do something, but the organization was limited in either opportunities for growth or resources to help invest in them for their professional development and growth, or I felt like what they wanted was completely 180 degrees different than what we had to offer, hell no. I wasn't going to sit here and convince them to stay I felt like that was being everything other than what I want to be as a solid leader for them. So I found myself encouraging my team members to walk away from their jobs. And it's those three pivotal moments in my HR career when I look back that I should have been able to connect the dots to say like, hello, <laughs> you are meant to one, be uncensored 
Um, and so therefore you should start your own business so that you don't have to be. But two, you really thrive and get energized when it comes to supporting other people's goals, their personal goals. It, it, you, you really don't have a tether tied to this organization. But instead, you value how a person's professional and personal and professional development goes and the direction it goes. And if you can help them with that, do it. So I want for you as an HR professional to think about your career up to this point. Are you also having moments in which you're like, wow, yeah, now that I think about it, I really am a coach. And if that is you and you are ready or maybe you have been ready, maybe you already decided, yeah, I already put on my LinkedIn profile that I'm a coach and I'm getting ready to learn everything I can about the coaching business because this is where I belong and this is where my passion is. This is the time for you to figure out how to launch. And so one of the things that I'm going to, um, one of the episodes I should say that I'm going to be recording is, again, the things that I wish I knew when I had first started my coaching business. And so if you are wholeheartedly ready and you want to do this, now I, I will also say that you can start coaching very simply. It doesn't cost an arm and a leg to launch your coaching business. And you can do it as a side hustle. You don't have to do this full blown. If this is you and you are looking for a different, creative, fulfilling, empowering option as your next career move where you can take literally 100% of your HR experience and apply every single bit of that into something new, coaching is it for you. It is the best solution for how you can repurpose your expertise. So I hope that this was helpful for you. Let me know in the comments. Share this episode with somebody else if you think that this resonated or would resonate with them as well. And um, leave a review. I, I would love that as well on my podcast. So please leave a review and let me know what your thoughts are. With that being said, sending you all of my love. Talk to you guys next episode. See ya.